If you were to go on hard data, it looks like Donald Trump is losing. And that's probably the strongest case. The data says the polling says Trump is on track to lose. And 538 says Trump has a 12 percent chance of winning. And they go on to say that it should be zero, but there could be some changes that happen this month. Now, if you go based on news stories, the, the, the things we've witnessed with Antifa, the violence and anecdotes and individual stories, it sounds like Trump is going to win. Now, I don't think the latter actually is a strong case for why Trump is going to win. So I'm going to sprinkle in a little bit of data as well. Gallup shows that party affiliation right now is actually Republican plus one, whereas in 2016, it was Democrat plus five. When party affiliation favored Democrats, they still lost. Well, there's some data to suggest that Donald Trump might actually win. But I want to be rational about this. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And it may be bias and wishful thinking on my part to suggest Trump is going to win. I mean, like I said, the data shows he's losing. But I think Nate Silver is wrong when he says Trump has a 12 percent chance. I think he's dead wrong. And I think it is insane that anybody would make any kind of statement saying we know that Joe Biden is on track to win. Now, the race is much closer than anyone realizes. But before you, I have a story. It was just wrong. Lifelong Democrat quits party over attack on Don Klein. This is out of Omaha. And it's just one more anecdote of someone walking away. You know, I was told by a friend recently that Trump's base has only gotten smaller and there are more Democrats than ever who are going to vote. That's actually not true. Among party affiliation, Democrats now have a disadvantage. And among independent voters, Democrats have lost two points. You see, independent voters are either lean right or lean left. In 2016, I believe it was 49 lean, uh, leaning Democrat, and now it's 47. Republican has really stayed the same. In fact, independent voters have gone up, showing many people are quitting the Democratic Party. They're not becoming Republicans, but they're certainly not Democrats. Now, what does that mean for the vote? Two things. First, People don't want to be Republicans. I'm not a Republican. I don't like Republicans, but I'm certainly not going to vote for the Democrats. There are a lot of people I know who used to be card carrying Democrats. Now they're independent and they're voting for Trump. They don't like the Republicans either. But it also lends itself to this idea that the pollsters are sampling wrong. They're sampling based on 2016 demographics and 2016 turnout to determine what's going to happen this time around. That's why I think Joe Biden is correct. The Biden campaign said the polls are wrong and they are inflated and it's actually very close. If I were you, I would listen to what Biden is saying and ignore the pundits who screwed it all up last time. I want to show you this poll from Gallup, where, where we can see party affiliation is now favoring Republicans, suggesting a Trump victory. And I want to show you just a little bit of this story, an anecdote about why a lifelong Democrat is quitting. It's because of critical race theory. Now, if Trump loses, I think it'll be because he did not do a good enough job explaining what's happening to our culture. He's tried, but Trump is not the best messenger when trying to speak with regular people. That's a fact. But let's read the story and then I will show you hard data as well as what Nate Silver thinks. And I'm going to counter his points. Actually, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I am going to actually agree with Nate Silver and show you why he's right that something's going to change and Trump is going to win. But hard predictions are not good things to make. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to give you some 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 arguments. 
Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do is share this video. My friends, this channel that you're watching right now, it is blacklisted on Google, and I am not making that up. If you Google search, take the, the full title of any one of my videos on this channel or my TimCast News, they will not appear on Google. Maybe they've changed it, but as far as I know, I have been blacklisted, and I don't know why. Maybe they don't want information like this getting out. The only reason people watch videos like on my channel, like you're watching right now, is because you share this bypassing that censorship. Perhaps I haven't broken any rules so they can't ban me, but they can certainly try and throttle my content and it's not working. If you really think this information is important, please consider sharing this and don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. The first thing I want to highlight is a recent story of a Democrat walking away. You may have heard of the walk away campaign, Democrats quitting the party, leaving the Democratic Party. Many of many of these people now voting for Trump. Some call themselves liberals for Trump. They're not conservative. We've heard of this. Have we heard of a great movement among Trump voters who regret it? No. And even Democrats agree that Trump did not lose his base. When you ask a regular person, say everybody who voted for Trump is still going to vote for him. But now a bunch of new people are going to vote for Biden. Maybe the Democrats are losing voters and that could change things. Check this out. It was just wrong. Lifelong Democrat quits party over attack on Don Klein, Omaha, Nebraska. A well-known Omaha Democrat is quitting the party over an attack on the county attorney. Campaigning has been her life's work, but she says she can't stand it anymore. Quote, I'm Irish. I'm Catholic. I'm a Democrat. Mary Barrett said until now. Barrett's been a Democrat her whole life. She said the Nebraska Democratic Party's recent resolution didn't sit right. It accuses Douglas County Attorney Don Klein of perpetuating white supremacy in his handling of the James Scurlock case. Quote, I kept getting more desperately unhappy about it, and I just didn't think it was a place the Nebraska Democratic Party needed to attack an individual, especially one who's not running for office, Barrett said. Barrett campaigned alongside the NDP for decades. She fundraised for candidates and traveled to national conventions. Her father, life longtime Politico, Frank Barrett, got her into politics. It's been a big part of my life and a big part of my family's life. But the attack on Don Klein was too much. This is about a person who has worked incredibly hard in the community and has been a friend to so many. And that means whites and browns and blacks. This is a fair minded, good man. She said the allegation just isn't true. And she can't sit by and say nothing for them to take and attack a man and attack someone who has done good things for Omaha, but to attack him was just wrong. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. So she quit the party and registered as an independent. She said the decision was difficult and included time spent at her father's gravesite looking for insight on what to do. It's sad. It's sad that these times are like this and we have to succumb to anger and bullying and not listening to one another. The resolution was passed late on a weekend night. She said that decision is not representative of her or her beliefs. She said the Nebraska Democratic Party has lost sight of its values. She feels that pain and she thinks Klein does too. I just think it's a sad day when people who have been in the party for 50 years feel like they don't have a place to go home to anymore. The Omaha Federation of Labor also voiced its support for Klein and said it's exceedingly clear that Klein does not and never has promoted white supremacy. They're urging the Nebraska Democratic Party to reverse its vote on the resolution. This is critical race theory, shocking a lifelong Democrat into quitting the party. Trump, do a better job with your messaging. This is a, is a core issue for me. 
accusing people of being white supremacists. It's, it's ridiculous. Now, let me show you what this turns into. I bring you party affiliation data from Gallup in politics as of today. Do you consider yourself to be a Republican, a Democrat, or an independent? The first thing I'm going to do is take you back in time to 2016, September 14th to, uh, to the 18th. 27% said Republican, 40% said independent, and 32% said Democrat. As of today, the latest data they have is from the same time period or from a similar time period, for September 14th to 28th. 28% say Republican, but only 27% say Democrats. Independents are at 42%. That means independents have made a gain of two. Democrats have gone down. Republicans have gone up. It went from Democrat plus five advantage to Republican plus one advantage. Now, I don't know if that guarantees Donald Trump a victory or it means he's going to win. But I tell you, in the face of all of the data, I see these stories. People like Brandon Strzok of the Walk Away campaign. I see Trump parades in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, deep blue LA having a Trump parade. I see stories like that, and I can't believe that Joe Biden's going to win. I hear stories. Did you hear this? The Boilermakers Union in Pennsylvania said Joe Biden never reached out to them and they never endorsed him. They haven't endorsed anybody. But the largest chapter of Boilermakers, 154, endorsed Donald Trump. How could we have all of these stories coming out? Yet the polls keep saying Joe Biden is going to win. Now, look, that woman, she was offended that they would actually pass a resolution calling this guy a, a perpetuator of white supremacy. That freaks out regular people. And of course, I can show you the civics data, because like I said, I got data to back up why I think Trump might actually win. 39% of people, of all people, oppose Black Lives Matter. 49% support. I wonder how many of these people are voters. It's hard to know for sure. But support for Black Lives Matter has dropped dramatically following the riots. It's now gone back a whole year before the George Floyd incident, something I've mentioned quite a bit. Now, to be fair, because I got a lot to show you, I want to make sure I get in some rational discourse. Nate Silver brings up some good points about how everything I'm saying may just be some attempt at justifying why Donald Trump is going to win. And I think it's fair. You better check that bias. You see, I want Trump to win because I think critical race theory is insane. I like these Middle Eastern peace agreements and I like withdrawing our troops. So you know what? I'll take what I can get. Now, because of that, because of my bias, and of course, because I'm always ragging on Democrats, it may just be here I am producing another segment saying Democrats going to lose. We're the best. We're going to win, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a Republican, but I'm certainly one of these independent voters who did lean left in the past and now is leaning towards Trump. I don't know if that means I'm leaning right. It just means I don't like what the Democrats have become. But here's what Nate Silver says. One tough balance to strike is that particularly theories for why Trump will win are often poorly argued and full of wishful thinking and or cherry picking. And it's and, and so it's easy to want to rebut the particulars. And yet Trump still does have a non-trivial chance per our model. Why Trump could win? There's still some time left. Tipping point state polls are closer than national polls. Sometimes polls are wrong, though they need to be more than a little wrong this year. And mail voting and court disputes create some additional uncertainties. He also says, there are a lot of, in my opinion, fairly inconsequential arguments about how Biden's current standing in the polls compares to Clinton's at this point in 2016. 
If, as in 2016, there's a three-point swing toward Trump in the closing days and a three-point error in Trump's favor, it'll be close. He said it's possible. That's why Trump has a 12% chance of winning and not zero. But there's no particular reason to expect that, as opposed to, say, a polling miss that favors Biden instead. Biden's lead doesn't magically go from safe to unsafe based on some ad hoc comparison to 2016. This all exists alongside a probabilistic spectrum, and that cuts in both directions. Even if Biden's position is stronger, it is, there could be a larger polling error than in 2016. To to simplify, let's not get our hopes up because we're seeing things that makes it look like we might actually win. But I got to say, Nate Silver's bias, in my opinion, is really interesting. He highlights something interesting from Trafalgar Group. This interview with Trafalgar Group, a pollster, worried me. These are not conventional polling methods, and it sounds like they provide a lot of room for subjectivity or, frankly, confirmation bias in how one constructs a voter universe. Let's just stop and think about what he's saying. Maybe I'm getting this wrong. Maybe I interpret the data wrong. Maybe my uh, assessment is incorrect, and that's all entirely possible. But I've seen far too many people quitting the Democratic Party. Johnny Rotten, legendary punk rocker, voted for Clinton in 2016. Now he's voting for Trump. People like me, I didn't vote at all. I laughed it off. Now I'm voting for Trump. And he mentions, Nate Silver says, there's a confirmation bias in how they're constructing their polling universe. They don't know how to actually poll people. Check this out. They, according to this article, it says Trafalgar Group mixes up how it contacts people and especially wants respondents to feel safe. Quote, we use collection methods of live calls, auto calls, texts, emails, and a couple that we call our proprietary digital technology that we don't explain but it's also digital. Kahaley says the point he continues is to really push the anonymous part. Another factor is that conservatives are less likely to participate in polls in general. We see a five to one refusal rate among conservatives. That means you've got to work very hard to get a fair representation of conservatives when you do any kind of survey. Think about what he just said. Conservatives five to one don't answer polls. If Republicans right now are plus one, that means five to one, the polling error is likely worse now than it was in 2016. So Nate Silver can say everything he wants and I'll and I'll give him his space because I could be wrong. However, we are seeing a shift in the polls. There is actual data to suggest this. And even Joe Biden's campaign has said the polls are inflated. It is close. So why would Nate Silver even claim Trump only has a 12% chance of winning? Let me tell you why. There are real reasons why Trump might actually win. First, a story from the Washington Free Beacon report. Biden economic policy will kill 2 million jobs. People polled say Trump is the right choice on the economy. And what do they say? It's the economy, stupid. But what about, (laughs) I got to show you this one. Ebony Bowden of the New York Post says on a campaign staff call just now, President Trump says he plans to do five rallies a day leading up to the election. We are going to win. I wouldn't have told you that maybe two or three weeks ago, he says, admitting it wasn't easy to go from hospital back to campaign trail. Joe Biden, Joe Concha tweets, the Biden campaign has called a lid until Thursday. Do you know what that means? Joe Biden is gone. No press, no rallies, no communications, none whatsoever. This is unprecedented as far as I know. Maybe there's some historical context, but I mean, Donald Trump is doing five rallies a day and Joe Biden is hiding in his basement. 
Will the American people support that? I can't believe it. I'm sorry. I just can't. I understand that the data says people are going to vote for Biden. It may be the people voting for Biden just don't pay attention. Maybe they saw Taylor Swift and that's all they know. Taylor Swift says you've got to vote for Joe Biden. And so they're going to vote for Joe Biden. Maybe got a bunch of kids doing silly little programs that are going to vote Joe Biden. I don't buy it. I think that's true that they'll go out and vote for Joe Biden. But I think that most young people won't care. I think that the polls are skewed. Joe Biden has said they're skewed. The Republicans have a party affiliation advantage. And these emails, man, check a look at check this out. Pierce Morgan, despite the best biased efforts of Facebook, Twitter, and the overwhelmingly Trump hating media to kill the story, Biden now has serious questions to answer about Hunter's dodgy deals, and he can't duck them forever. The media is doing everything in its power to silence this story because it really is hurting Joe Biden. There was one poll that came out that showed before the story, he was up two points. And after the story, he dropped two points. So he's still leading in the polls. He's still in front of Trump. Take a look at this story from Fox News. Trump to press Biden on Hunter Biden email stories if debate moderator doesn't, advisor says. Thursday is the final face off between Trump and Biden before the November 3rd presidential election. And Trump, with or without prompt, is going to bring up the emails. Joe Biden, in, in, in one email from a Chinese equity uh, uh, over a Chinese equity deal, they said the big guy would get 10 percent held by H. Well, Fox News has basically confirmed it. The big guy was Joe Biden. H was Hunter Biden. Joe Biden was using his son as an intermediary to make money off of his office. Check this out. The Daily Beast. Journalists don't bite on Rudy's bunch of BS. We're about to see things we've never seen before. The New York Post and Fox will keep pushing wild and vile lies. The question is whether they can fool people. Michael Tomaski for the Daily Beast opinion piece. They're trying to claim that the story on the emails is bunk, but they've never actually argued the emails. They just claim Rudy Giuliani is bad. Check this one out from CNN. The anatomy of the New York Post dubious Hunter Biden story in it. They say the Post story uh, claims Hunter Biden helped arrange a meeting, blah, blah, blah. The series of stories contained hacked materials and personal email addresses. That's a lie. There's no hacked information. We know the story. It was a, a, a repair shop, got the laptop. Hunter Biden never picked it up. He gave it to the FBI who didn't do anything. So he gave it to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. There's no hacked materials. CNN, in trying to discredit the story, got their facts wrong. I love this one. Check this out. From Mediaite. They say, exclusive Fox News passed on Hunter Biden laptop story over credibility concerns. <gasps> really? Fox News, they passed on the story. Well, I'm sure they have egg on their face now from Fox News. Source on alleged Hunter Biden email chain verifies message about Chinese investment firm. Sources have told Fox News the big guy is a reference to the former vice president. Really? Maybe the story is true about Fox News passing. That would just be embarrassing for Fox News, who later went on to confirm the story is true. So you know what? That's the best they can do. I hear every day Democrats quitting the party. I see boomers that I know who have been Democrats their whole lives quitting the party. I showed you that story opening up this woman quitting the party. What makes anyone believe these polls are going to be accurate? They may be. They really may be. Trump may be on track to lose because I'll stress this point. They say the polls were wrong in 2016, and that's not correct. 
Okay, a kind, it's technically correct. The best kind of correct. They were off by a point or so. That's about it. Not, and that's normal. I mean, there's a margin of error. They undercounted Trump's non-college educated white vote and other first time voters. And so the pundits made the mistake. But there was a, there was a, there were major stories that were coming out that month. We were getting inundated with October surprises, which I'm sure we will now. And this, this Hunter Biden email story is certainly going to play a role in this. So it's interesting that Nate Silver says Trump has a 12% chance of winning because, uh, what is it? It's the 19th. We are, <laughs> we're going to get into the thick of things moving forward. But I think you're going to see a lot of this critical race theory stuff. You're going to see a lot of this talk about uh, uh, Antifa riots, and it's going to make people not want to be Democrats anymore. Going back to the Gallup poll, we can see Democrats are now at a disadvantage in terms of party affiliation, but we can go all the way down to independent voter affiliation. This I find interesting. Democrat leaners as of September of 2020, 47 versus Republicans, 44. If we go back to 2016 for the same time period, it was 49 Democrat, 44 Republican. Republicans haven't moved. Democrats have gone down and independent voters have gone up. If independent voters today have increased, but people who are independent are not likely to lean Democrat, that says Democrats are losing support. It could mean a lot of things. It could mean that there are moderate Democrats who don't like the party and they don't like how far left it's gone. And that means there could be progressive Democrats or Democrats who have become more progressive and don't like how moderate it's, it is. This is what I've said about Joe Biden. Is Joe Biden far left? Yes. Relative to American politics. Is he far left relative to the far left? No, of course not. He's moderate to them. I think it's funny that people on the left, the far left, they say Bernie Sanders is a centrist. They're completely incorrect. That's not true. They're conflating definitions. When we're talking about the left wing and the right wing of this country, Bernie Sanders is about as far left as you can get in terms of active politics. When we're talking about revolutionary, Bernie Sanders is still as far left as you can get. In terms of economic policy, Bernie Sanders is moderately far left. So what we're seeing right now, Joe Biden trying to bridge the gap between a fractured Democratic Party, far left and moderate, and he can't do it. So the far left says Joe Biden is a centrist and he won't he won't get progressive. And the moderates say Joe Biden's going too far left and quit the party. And I think that's what we're going to end up seeing people quitting the party because it doesn't represent them anymore because the party has fractured in two. Now, let's talk about cash. This is my final point. We'll talk about cash. Biden and Democrats outspending Trump and GOP by $85 million on ads in final weeks, October 12th. They're saying Trump is giving up. He's not spending money anymore. Joe Biden is outraising him. Wall Street has gotten behind Joe Biden. Joe Biden is going to win based on cash. That's ridiculous. Did you know that back in 2016, Donald Trump spent a little bit over half of what Hillary Clinton spent? I'm sorry, raised the the the, the spend was, well, let me show you this. Cash raised was one, was a billion, 1.2 billion for Trump, 646. The spend was 569, uh, I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton's spend was 969 million to Trump's 531 million. So Trump spent a little bit more than half what Hillary did, and he won. Hillary Clinton raised way more money. So what if Joe Biden's raising more money? Throughout most of, of this race, Trump was raising more than Biden. 
Only in the last, you know, final stretch has Joe Biden been able to raise more than Trump. And it's from Wall Street for the most part. Trump is still winning right now among small donors. Voter registration is in Trump's favor. Party affiliation is in Trump's favor. Anecdotal evidence is in Trump's favor for its worth. And the spent the, the numbers spent are meaningless. And there's one more story that I covered the other day. Time magazine, a journalist went around the country interviewing people and found for the most part, they don't care about the headlines. They don't care what the journalist class say. And they believe fake news, they claimed. I think regular people are sick and tired of what's happening. The people who have poked their head into the culture war are shocked and are probably going to vote for Trump. And I'll tell you this right now. Union workers. I mentioned this early on. Joe Biden in the, in his town hall said the, the, the Boilermakers Union overwhelmingly endorsed me. According to the Free Beacon, Boilermaker Union members started calling up their their uh, union leaders saying, what are you talking about? You endorsed Biden. Are you nuts? And they said, we didn't. We never even talked to the guy. Never. They the local 154 Boilermakers in PA, I believe it's the Pittsburgh area, endorsed Donald Trump. So I'll tell you this. The union itself didn't. But here's what I'm thinking. Imagine you're in a union. You don't care about, you don't like Trump. You don't care about Biden. He's going to ban fracking, whatever. You just want to work and feed your family. Then Biden comes out and lies about you and says you endorsed him. All of a sudden now you're getting these people yelling at you. You come home from work and you've got your neighbor. You, you guys endorsed Trump. Are you nuts? I didn't. We, what are you talking about? That was one five. That wasn't me. Why is Joe Biden? Uh, Joe, Joe, I'm <laughs> That's the other way around. Imagine Joe Biden comes out and lies. And you've got people coming out and saying, why would you endorse someone who wants to ban fracking? The other stuff, the Trump derangement stuff would probably trigger him anyway. But I confuse the point. The point is, imagine someone lies about you claiming you support them. And then other people are like exactly what this union leader was saying. We never endorsed this guy. He's going to ban fracking. I think by lying about the union workers, these people are now more likely to vote for Trump saying, screw this guy. He lied about us. I can't predict the future. And Nate Silver may be right. Each and every one of these videos I've put out may just fit your confirmation bias, and it may just be wishful thinking. That's why I try to make sure I include the criticism, because we could be in a bubble. We don't want to we don't want to fall for what the left fell for, thinking we're going to win. The left was like, Hillary's going to win. Woo. I, you know, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you guys. If Biden wins, I'll laugh. I'm 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 barely past indifferent for the most part. I'm willing to vote for Trump because critical race theory is is a disaster. It's a nightmare. But I don't care all that much because I'm not a big fan of Trump. I don't like Biden. There's a lot of reasons I don't like Trump, but I'll take what I can get from Trump. Never going to put on MAGA hat. I don't like the Republicans. I don't like the Democrats. I feel like an independent who's been forced to vote for Donald Trump. I think Trump's OK. I think on some in some areas, he's pretty good. And I think overall, he's just OK. There's a lot of bad things he does. That's just how I feel. You don't got to agree with me. But I think a lot of people agree with me on that, that Trump's got his problems, but Biden's way worse. I think I laid, my, laid, laid, laid out my case. I think the data speaks for itself, but we won't know for sure. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is a different channel, and I will see you all then. This is actually kind of shocking. We have breaking news this morning. The director of national intelligence has stated There is no intelligence that supports the claim. The Hunter Biden story is a Russian intelligence operation flying in the face of what CNN and Adam Schiff are trying to push out. The actual director of a national intelligence says, nah, 
We've got more emails dropping from One American News. Apparently, there's another laptop. The story is going crazy. And in response, this is what freaked me out. Joe Biden is going into hiding. No joke. According to Joe Concha, the Biden campaign has called a lid until Thursday. This is a reporter from The Hill. Matthew Colkin responds, seriously? And he says, yup. That, wow. And this is only uh, a couple hours before the DNI said it is it is not a Russian intelligence operation. We have a bunch of news surrounding what's going on with the Hunter Biden email story, notably that One American News has said they've got 26,000 emails they're going to be dropping, teasing out something about, I don't know, they're arguing about Heinz versus Hunt's ketchup. Sure, whatever. But I, I, I can't believe it. I, I got to stress this. Joe Biden calling a lid until Thursday. What? We are, we, are, we are two weeks out from the presidential election and Joe Biden is going into hiding. Okay, it means calling a lid until Thursday. He is going to be unavailable the entire week. You know why? Because they're going to start asking about the emails. Because we, it, now, it now appears we have confirmed evidence that Joe Biden used his son as an intermediary to profit from foreign investment. I'm not going to talk about this Ukraine stuff. Ukraine, schmoo-crane. CNN has Brian Sutter coming out saying, you know, this is Trump's whataboutism. Bro, if a story comes out where it's like, hey, look at these emails, and you go, but what about Trump's corruption? Trump just uses whataboutism. That's you whataboutism. I've talked about Donald Trump. You know, uh, Ivanka made money. I've talked about how Trump was having U.S. uh, military personnel stay at his golf resorts and the arguments for and against Trump wanting to use Durrell. I've talked about all of it. And now we're talking about Joe Biden. So don't give me that one. What about ism? We're not talking about Ukraine right now. We're talking about Joe Biden flying his son on Air Force Two to China for a private equity deal. And then this is a separate deal. Just consider that, consider that information that happened in another deal. Hunter Biden, there's this email saying 10 held by H for the big guy. Apparently now we have confirmation. The big guy refers to Joe Biden. Fox News reached out to people on that email chain who confirmed the email is real. This is not about Ukraine. This is not about Burisma. Oh, we can talk about all of that stuff, too, because if you ask me, Joe Biden is crooked as they come. But with the CEFC deal, yeah, CEFC, Joe Biden appears to have received or was about to receive serious equity. Now, something something else is really funny that's been pointed out by people is that Joe Biden's income when he was VP was several hundred thousand dollars. And then almost immediately after it went up to like million, 16 million or so. And people said, how, how, how did that happen? You can't get paid for the favors until the investment vests, as it were. When you're in office, you can't take cash from the foreign interests and the private companies you're a shill for. It's too obvious. But once you leave, it's legal for them to return the favor and hire you. That's how it works, right? I got this tweet from Matt Walsh I thought was actually pretty smart. He said, the smartest move for the Biden camp would be to admit the emails are real confess to whatever else might be on the laptops, have Hunter Biden give a tearful apology, claim that Joe was just trying to be a good dad, and then hope that voters forget about this in two weeks. 
Their current strategy of stalling and being silent and dragging this out is definitely the worst possible approach. But what do I know? Joe Biden going into hiding. Now, of course, I'll be fair. I'm framing it though as a framing thing. Joe Biden's calling a lid until Thursday. We have no idea why. In my opinion, we just had this story drop. Ratcliffe says Hunter Biden laptop emails not part of some Russian disinformation campaign. There is no intelligence that supports that. Director of National Intelligence Ratcliffe says. So which is it? Is it the Obama administration who are the stooges and the cronies, the corrupt? But they were the heroes to the left, the good guys just trying to stop the evil and corrupt Trump before he ever even actually took office. Or is it Ratcliffe who's secretly working for Donald Trump or the hero? It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. You, you, you want to make tribalist arguments. I don't care. The director of national intelligence made a statement. Occam's razor. What are you going to do about it? This is nuts because CNN has been pushing this insane narrative. Byron York says on CNN, intelligence committee chair Adam Schiff says the New York Post Hunter Biden story comes from the Kremlin. Anchor seems to agree would be more persuasive if they provided evidence that one, the story is false and two, it comes from the Kremlin. Wolf Blitzer says, so this is, yes, this is Blitzer. Federal authorities, including the FBI, are investigating whether recently published emails that purport to deal, to detail, I should say, the business dealings of Joe Biden's son, Hunter, are connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort targeting the Biden campaign. (laughs) Fart. Let's discuss with the chairman of the House. Adam Schiff says, well, we know this whole smear on Joe Biden comes from the Kremlin. That's been clear for well over a year now that they've been pushing this false narrative about the vice president and his son. Uh, the China deal? Okay, let's play a game. Let's say the Ukraine stuff is bunk. Let's say Ukraine, all of it, oh, it is Russia. Why did Joe Biden fly his son to China on Air Force Two for a private equity deal? Why did he do that? Why is Joe Biden's son using government resources for his private business? Oh, what was that? You said, you said, you said Donald Trump? You want to have a conversation about Trump's resorts? I did. Remember? Remember in those videos when I talked about it? Yeah. The news story right now isn't Donald Trump's golf resorts and the Air Force staying at one of his resorts in Scotland, which I did question. And when Trump wanted to have the G7 at Trump Doral, I said conflict of interest, bad move, and Trump eventually backed down from this. You want to talk about Ivanka getting patents in China? Of course. Sure. We talk about it when it happens. Stop playing stupid games. Okay, if I want to be critical of Trump and what he's doing with his family, sure. But Joe Biden right now is the breaking news. And Donald Trump, when it came to the golf resorts, he, 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 he straight up, he, he addressed it. Not perfectly, not well. I don't like it. I think it is a conflict of interest. And I can understand people argue, because Trump was saying this recently, that we saved the government so much money. Yeah, look, I get it. It's true. You did. But you still receive money from the government. And I'm not a fan of that. So we can talk about it when that story breaks. And I'll tell you what, I'm more than happy to. And I have right now. We're talking about Joe Biden. Oh, you're saying, why is it coming out in October? Well, duh, maximum political effect. It's just before an election. I'm not happy about that either. Don't play games with me. Joe Biden is crooked. His son is crooked. We know they're crooked. And coming at me with the timing, the source, the Russia and the Trump is meaningless trash. I don't care about. I've already talked about all those things in other videos. Now's the time when you have to answer for Joe Biden. 
Look at this garbage. It's actually Russia. Well, sorry, Adam Schiff. You lied and you lied about Russia gate with Trump. And there was no evidence to back that up. Worst case scenario for Trump, he obstructed justice and he couldn't be indicted because he's a sitting president. There was no determination made. Now, I, I wonder if Mueller could have said, well, we determined he did obstruct, but we can't indict him. He didn't say that either. No determination. It is not an exoneration. That's slimy. The investigators don't exonerate. But I tell you this right now. You want to come out and play these stupid games again? Adam Schiff, we know you lied. We know these other people were going on TV, Brennan, for instance, and they were lying about Russia in private, in private, in secure hearings where they were under oath. All of a sudden, oh, I actually don't have any evidence. I don't know anything. Yeah, it's a dirty game. Check this out. Fox News. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe on Monday said that Hunter Biden's laptop is not part of some Russian disinformation campaign amid claims from House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff suggesting otherwise. Ratcliffe, during an exclusive interview on Fox Business Mornings with Maria, was asked about the allegations from Schiff, who over the weekend said the Hunter Biden emails suggesting Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden had knowledge of or was allegedly involved in his son's foreign business dealings. Quote, It's funny that some of the people who complain the most about intelligence being politicized are the ones politicizing the intelligence, Ratcliffe said. Unfortunately, it is Adam Schiff who said the intelligence community believes the Hunter Biden laptop and emails are uh, on it are part of a Russian disinformation campaign. He added, let me be clear. The intelligence community doesn't believe that because there is no intelligence that supports that. And we have shared no intelligence with Adam Schiff or any member of Congress. Ratcliffe wanted to say, it is simply not true. Hunter Biden's laptop is not part of some Russian disinformation campaign, Ratcliffe said, adding that this is not part of some. (laughs) What? He said it again. Ratcliffe's comments come after House Intelligence Committee Adam Schiff over the weekend said they came from the Kremlin, which I showed you. We know it's all smear, blah, blah, blah. Ratcliffe went on to say the laptop is in the jurisdiction of the FBI. The FBI has had possession of this without commenting on any investigation that they may or may not have had. Their investigation is not centered around Russian disinformation, and the intelligence community is not playing any role with respect to that. He added, the intelligence community has not been involved in Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, let me stop you right there and ask you a question. Why not? Why am I seeing these stories where they're like, they're investigating whether or not this is part of foreign disinformation? You know what? I think you're full of it. You know why? Because uh, Ratcliffe came out and said that's not true. So what's the source for all this false information? Look, if the director of national intelligence says it ain't happening, why would I believe an unnamed source saying it is? <laughs> why would I believe Adam Schiff? That guy was wrong about everything. And he, he's probably lying. Why would I believe it? Well, I don't. I don't. I think these, these, these uh, emails are legit. And I'll tell you what. I've had people say, I, I've had Trump supporters ask me this. Let me, let me tell you that, let me, let me tell you what people are saying. This laptop emerges. It's got all these emails on it. And they look under Biden and Joe Biden look really bad, seemingly providing enough evidence to at least warrant a legit FBI investigation into Joe Biden's crooked crony dealings. Not Joe, not Hunter, Joe. We don't get it, though. Maybe we will. I doubt we will. And everyone says, but but where did the laptop come from? Is it verified? What do you mean? Is it verified? That's that's what I like. What did the New York Times verify Trump's taxes? No, at least here we actually have the emails. New York Times doesn't publish anything. So if I'm going to take anyone's word for it, Occam's razor, I'll suggest what will suggest the New York Post story is probably legitimate. There could be errors for sure, but I doubt it. 
So then you end up with them saying, well, well, maybe maybe somebody hacked the emails, Russia, put them on a laptop, dropped them off. I, I, I hear that idea. I do. Because it's an easy way to launder hacked information. Except uh, Occam's razor would suggest the simple solution is Hunter Biden spilled beer on his laptop. We've all done it. Broken a laptop, spilled it, beer on it, dropped it in the bath, whatever it is you're doing. I don't know. And then he went to a repair guy and he's rich. And he bought a new laptop and forgot. And then the dude had it, gave it to the FBI. The FBI didn't do anything, gave it to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. And there you go. I think he gave it to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. It's funny because Rudy Giuliani is a lawyer for the president. He says, a senior Trump, uh, they go on to say, a senior Trump administration official told Fox News the FBI was not investigating the emails as Russian disinformation. So you've got the DNI and now a Fox source. The FBI declined to comment uh, or deny the existence of an investigation as his, as his standard practice. Meanwhile, the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee is investigating Hunter Biden's emails, which reveal that he introduced his father, the former vice president, to a top executive at Burisma. So this, this, these are all different stories. Ratcliffe, you've got Ukraine, you've got China. Ratcliffe went on to say that his role as director of national intelligence, which he assumed earlier this year, is to not allow people to leverage the intelligence community for a political narrative. That's not true. In this case, Adam Schiff saying this is part of a disinformation campaign and that the intelligence community has assessed and believes that that is simply not true. Whether it's Republicans or Democrats, if they try to leverage the intelligence community for political gain, I won't allow it. Well, the New York Times is trying desperately to cover up for Joe Biden. Check it out. New York Post published Hunter Biden report amid newsroom doubts. Some reporters withheld their bylines and questioned the credibility of an article that made the tabloids front page on Wednesday. I love this story. Watch this. Here's what it says. Bruce Golding, a reporter at the Rupert Murdoch owned tabloid since 07, did not allow his byline to be used because he had concerns over the article's credibility. The two post employees said, speaking on the condition of anonymity, out of fear of retaliation. Let me just stop you right there and explain to you first what's a byline. It is the line that says by and their name. <clears throat> so you can see right here. The story says by Katie Robertson. The story is by Katie Robertson. That's her byline. All right. Bruce Golding had his byline uh, 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 withheld because he had concerns over the article's credibility. If you wrote the article, <laughs> why would you be concerned about its credibility? Talk about stupid. You can't. Is this a joke? I know I wrote the article, but uh, I'm questioning my own credibility. So let's remove my name from it. OK, maybe he contributed by like, I don't know, looking up someone's phone number and they were going to give him a byline. And nah, I don't know about that. That story seems weird. It's possible that his contributions to the article did not reach the level of the actual emails. Fine, whatever. In which case, maybe he's withholding his byline because he didn't have anything to do with the reporting. You see how they frame this, how they lie Two unnamed sources say, oh, yeah, I have a source who tells me the moon is made out of cheese. Does that make it true? No. And why should I trust you, New York Times, when you are questioning the New York Post, who actually published emails and photos, really nasty ones, and you offer no evidence at all? If we're going to play a game called Who Do I Trust? I'm going to trust a guy who's got at least some evidence. And it's not you, New York Times. I think it's hilarious that a reporter would work on a story and then question the credibility of his own story. 
Unless, of course, he shouldn't have been included as a byline anyway, in which case this makes literally no sense. Many Post staff members questioned whether the paper had done enough to verify the authenticity. Fart. The article named two sources, Bannon, and uh, who's now facing fraud charges. You see how they poison the well. And Rudy Giuliani. I don't care. We got a laptop. We got emails. Let's talk about it. You can't play this game. I'm sorry, it won't work. Well, check this out. Steve Bannon says the Joe meeting happened. The emails are correct. And Joe took 10% equity. Bannon says everything reported in Hunter laptop scandal is true and reveals how lawyer for Biden's son tried to get the hard drive back, proving it's no Russian intelligence operation. In an interview, I think this was on Sky, Sky News in, in, in Australia. I'm not entirely sure. They, uh, yes, it was Sky News. They were, uh, uh, Bannon was asked about this and he says, we haven't put this out yet, but yeah. Apparently, they got contacted by Hunter Biden's lawyer saying, can we have the laptop back? That's right. Hunter Biden. Listen, let me t- let me ask you a question. What do you think is more likely that there is a grand operation involving foreign intelligence like Russia to create fake emails or hack emails from Hunter Biden, put them on a laptop with a Biden sticker on it, splash it with water, bring it secretly to a repair shop? where they purposefully forget about it. So that way, the pro-Trump shop owner would give it to to Bannon and Rudolph Giuliani and smear them just in time for the election. Or, or keep that story in mind. Here's the other narrative. Hunter Biden is a is an addict. And and, and with all due respect, I'm not trying to drag him over it, but it does create problems for an individual. He's an addict, crack addict. And he was, you know, tripping balls and uh, on something spilled some beer, was all whacked out of his mind, and then dropped it off and forgot about it. Yeah, I think Occam's razor would suggest that the dude who's on camp as a photo of him, or appears to be a photo of him with a crack pipe in his mouth, likely forgot about his laptop. Isn't that simple? The dude's rich. He easily bought a new one. He's drugged out of his mind. And, I, and again, I, I'm not trying to drag him for that. I'm just pointing out when you do drugs like this, it affects your memory. Probably just forgot about it and didn't care. And now his lawyer wants it back. They screwed this one up. And now we're going to get all these emails because apparently, you know, Jack Posobiec is, is saying it begins. Check this out. Matthew Tierman says one string of 26,740. Lots more coming. Jack says it's be- it begins full video to come. We are editing through the night. That was nine hours ago. Stands to reason that One American News and Jack are going to be releasing a lot of information. We have this story. You are not going to see the end of Trump, Steve Bannon says. President Trump will run again in 2024 if he loses the upcoming election. Well, I hope you all are ready for a roller coaster ride, because if you think these stories are crazy, just wait. If Trump loses, I'm actually not convinced he will. I'm not. I think Trump's going to win. Um, but I'm not, I'm not here to suggest or make any hard predictions. I just, I'm leaning towards a Trump victory and I'll tell you why. The emails. I really do think this is going to hurt Joe Biden. But a lot of the people who are coming out to vote are doing it uh, from a point of Trump derangement syndrome, which means you can't convince them at all. A lesser percentage are fervent pro Trump zealots. The pro Trump zealot base is actually not that big compared to what the media would have you believe. They often say it's 35% of the country or whatever. No. The actual group of people who are diehard Trump zealots is much, much, much smaller. What I mean by diehard Trump zealots, I'm talking about people who refuse to listen to anything and believe everything. 
It's actually a really small group. However, the Trump derangement syndrome people, it's actually a pretty big group. These people are nuts. They'll believe anything, you know, if it's bad, if it's bad against Trump. And then you have the Trump zealots who will believe anything if it's good for Trump or bad for, for his enemies. In reality, and it's been true for a while, the Democratic Party is bigger than the Republican Party, but moderates who vote Republican will end up pushing the, the, you know, the electorate for, uh, uh pushing these, these Republican candidates into victory. Could you imagine what it's going to be like if Trump loses though? We're going to have four years of still complaining about Trump and then another Trump election. Maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen. I mean, the news outlets need it. They need Trump. They, they want Trump to be out of power, but they want him to still be a figure in American politics. So maybe that's it. But I'll tell you why I think he's going to win. Pennsylvania. Right now, early voting tracking looks really bad for Republicans. It looks really good for Democrats. However, Democrats are underperforming based on the amount we expected to see in terms of early voting and mail-in votes, which suggests that it just suggests it doesn't mean it's true. We don't know what's going to happen, that if they're underperforming now, Republicans will take a slight lead in key battleground states. We don't know for sure. In Pennsylvania, however, it's really bad for Republicans. But when I see that, I can't imagine Trump losing Pennsylvania. I can't. Sorry. Joe Biden has called for fra- banning fracking, getting rid of it. No new federal licenses for fracking. He's called uh, Kamala Harris has said she would ban it. Now they're, now they're trying to backpedal. But that doesn't matter. I mean, the Boilermakers Union just came out the other day saying Biden lied. They never endorsed him. They endorsed Trump. You look at these stories. I can't imagine a scenario in which Joe Biden actually wins. But he could. He could. I'll tell you why. While we're seeing this fight over the authenticity of the Biden email scandal and stuff, I bring you now, not this one, this is the wrong story, I bring you this one from Glenn Greenwald. Facebook and Twitter cross a line far more dangerous than what they censor. Just weeks before the election, the tech giants unite to block access to incriminating reporting about their preferred candidate. That's the scenario in which possibly Joe Biden wins. The machine, the billionaires. You want to know what's funny? The other day, I got this, I got the segment coming up for, uh, for 1 p.m. Free speech rally, anti-censorship, challenging big tech billionaires. And Antifa showed up and punched a guy in the face, knocking out his teeth. Why is Antifa defending the billionaires? Makes no sense, does it? But Bernie Sanders says the, the billionaires, he didn't say the millionaires anymore, but the billionaires are funding Joe Biden. Why is Bernie Sanders telling you to vote for the candidate backed by the billionaires? Doesn't something seem off? Does to me. I think the emails are legit. I think they're crooked. And I think we're getting just a taste of what's to come in the next few weeks. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. Recently, some free speech advocates held a rally in San Francisco protesting censorship from big tech organizations. As I'm sure most of you are aware, the New York Post the oldest newspaper in this country still in circulation, uninterrupted circulation, and the fourth largest has been locked out of their social media and was censored very heavily by big tech. I think most people who believe in this country and most rational, regular people don't think censorship of major news organization makes sense. So these individuals go out and protest. Antifa shows up and they punch this dude in the mouth, knocking out his teeth. This dude has now been suspended from Twitter and Instagram. And we don't know why. His handle was at Team Save America. It's almost ironic, I guess. Actually, this is the perfect example of irony. Whenever I talk about irony, I often mention a fire truck on fire. That's like the easiest way to explain it. The fire truck's supposed to put the fire out, not get engulfed in flames. 
This dude was protesting censorship and has now been censored. You see how that works? Well, my buddy Adam launched a GoFundMe to raise money to help get his, his, uh, his teeth fixed. They've raised $27,946, and they go on to mention that he's been banned from Twitter and Instagram. Adam tweeted, banned off of Twitter for now. Good thing I just got his email as we were communicating here and on Instagram. Wonder if I am next. Uh, Adam's previous tweet, Philip just got banned from Instagram. He is making too much noise for them. Well, I just raised 26K for him to fix his teeth. He told me he's going to use the rest of the money to host another free speech rally and continue this fight. I bring this up because it shows you the the severity of real world extremism, authoritarianism on the part of the establishment, the big tech companies and the left. I want to stress this point. Someone who is challenging the billionaires who are censoring our speech and our news was attacked by Antifa. Why is Antifa standing between us and the billionaires? Why is Antifa attacking a regular citizen, a black man, no less, when he challenged the billionaires? Why is Bernie Sanders campaigning on behalf of Joe Biden, who is funded by Wall Street? Way more people, way more billionaires, way more wealthy individuals funding Joe Biden. This is the establishment. This is the authoritarianism. And I know based on the title of this video, you came here for something else, but I'm warming up to that. I give you now a very clear warning of what's to come if Joe Biden wins. Robert Reich, very, very prominent resistance Democrat with one million followers, a Berkeley professor, tweeted, when this nightmare is over, we need a truth and reconciliation commission. It would erase Trump's lies. Comfort those who have been harmed by his hatefulness and name every official politician, executive and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. That's right. Prominent Robert Wright, one million followers, 13,200 retweets calling for a commission to name everyone executives, media, politicians, etc., who helped Trump in some capacity. Is that the kind of thing we should, have, we should be talking about? We should be discussing? I think when you look at the fact that Antifa bashed a dude's teeth out, when you look at the fact that we have already seen more calls for violence from the left and two Trump supporters are dead, the last thing we need to see is someone like Robert calling for commissions to name every official politician, etc., You know what will happen if we do that? This is how it starts. It's a veiled threat. We're just going to name you. He said, I love the people responding to this tweet as if it's a radical, undemocratic idea. And he links to the store that says, do truth and reconciliation commissions heal divided nations. That's right. When you have a divided nation, the best thing you can do is produce a list of names of people you don't like, of who you think supported your enemies because that will help, won't it? Combine this with this. Remember this story? Keith Olbermann, Amy Coney Barrett, others should be prosecuted and removed from our society. Liberal pundit says Trump should be destroyed and devoured at the ballot box. Do you remember this? When Keith Olbermann said that we should remove maggots from society, he and his enablers 
and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it, to rebuild the world Trump has destroyed by turning it to the virus. He called these people maggots. Remember it. Even as we dream of a return to reality and safety uh, and the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for the moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage and then try to clean up what they have left. I refer to that speech as Hitlerian, calling the people you don't like an insect that needs to be removed. And so that's 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 the underlying emotion these people have. You see that viral video of the woman screaming, wake up, they are dealing our democracy or whatever, just screaming. Or how about that woman who's driving and crying? There were Trump cars and they boxed me in. These people have gone absolutely insane. Now, I feel like for me, the world I represent isn't the diehard Trumpster, many of whom don't like me. And it's certainly not the woke, psychotic left like Robert Reich and Keith Olbermann, who apparently want to rendition Trump supporters. I'm just out here talking to regular people. And I'll tell you how many of them feel. They're buying guns. They're stocking up on supplies for COVID and civil unrest. And people are getting scared about this. I have to absolutely stress this point, and I'm going to read you some comments from some of these people and explain to you the depth of the psychosis infecting these, these individuals. Please consider sharing this video as we are now about two weeks from the election. This channel is blacklisted. You can't Google search it. My main channel is blacklisted. You can't Google search it. You search for this or anything, it will not come up. The only way people find out about this, word of mouth, sharing it. And I want to stress this point. Joe Biden is funded by Wall Street. Joe Biden is defending massive multinational corporations. The Trans-Pacific Partnership, which would have seen our manufacturing jobs move to China and other Pacific Rim countries, was being pushed by the Obama administration, and Trump shut that down. Bernie Sanders is supporting the candidate of Wall Street. Ask yourself why and what that means. And when this guy at Team Save America, now banned, held a rally challenging the massive multinational corporations who seek to subvert our ability to speak, Antifa acted in defense of the billionaires. Antifa support the wealthy billionaire class by attacking regular citizens. Now, I can already hear it. They're saying, no, they don't support the billionaires. They just oppose the fascists. What about a black man demanding the right to speak to you is fascist? I'd like an answer on that because there isn't one. The reality is Antifa are either morons, which sure, or they actively support the billionaires and people like Joe Biden. There was an article in the Daily Beast that said Antifa, it said, it said white supremacists love Donald Trump, but Antifa hates Joe Biden, the false equivalence. And they talked about how often you'll hear people say, why won't Joe Biden denounce Antifa? And they say, well, but Antifa hates Joe Biden. So it doesn't even make sense. That's true. Antifa does hate Joe Biden. And Joe Biden still won't denounce them. Isn't that a little weird? It's because whether they like Joe Biden or not, they like the way things are going. So no, 
They don't care about the billionaires or Joe Biden. What they care about is that for the time being, they are being given power by the billionaire class, used like a, a, a cudgel against those who demand the right to speak. I bring you now to a whole new level of absolute insanity. Think about what Keith Oberman is saying. Think about what Robert Reich is saying. This stuff is scary. I want to stress one point before we move on. I want peace, calm. I don't want conflict. I, I, I and the people who, who I hang out with and talk with and the people who come on my show, none of us are the ones calling for any kind of direct action against the left. Now, certainly there are Trump supporters who are. There are anti-government extremists who are. But I think regular people are saying, stop. That's what I'm trying to say. Keith Olbermann, shut up. I recently tweeted about uh, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor of Michigan, was complaining that the Trump war room. Okay, so let me slow down here. I did a segment on this the other day. Gretchen Whitmer did an interview. In it, there's like a little sticker or something that says 8645, meaning get rid of, you know, Donald Trump. And the Trump war room tweeted out that it meant to insinuating killing him. She then responded, they're inciting violence and blah, 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 and they need to stop. I don't think she was implying Trump should be killed. I think that's ridiculous. And I think they need to stop. And I agreed. I said, yes, I agree with Gretchen Whitmer. We need to stop the rhetoric, vote her out so that she can live peacefully as a regular person with no power. That's what we want to happen. We want Keith Olbermann to shut up. We want Robert Reich to shut up. The problem is, what do we get in terms of censorship? This man who is saying we should have the right to speak is nuked off Instagram and Twitter like that, getting his teeth knocked out. Keith Olbermann is calling for the removal of the maggots. And Robert Reich wants a commission to review and name the collaborators. We know where that goes. We know what they're talking about. And big tech is allowing it to happen and shutting down anyone who dare oppose them. Now I'll show you what the what, what the insanity breeds. I bring you now over to Reddit. R slash news. Tensions rise after free speech rally turns violent in San Francisco. The top comment. Pay no attention to the brown shirts and they will go away. Slash S. Ask someone how well that worked out in Germany. Yeah. The next response. I hope the people of the U.S. don't ignore them, but I'd be unsurprised if the U.S. became a fascist autocracy in the long run. Someone then said, perhaps I'm not so well versed in this rally, but what exactly made the bloke who had his teeth punched out a brown shirt? I mean, like video I saw was the guy and another walking away and somebody up and punched him in the face before shouting racist abuse at him. Like I get if it was a load of white supremacist flag wavers and those proud boy types kicking off. But on the first view without context, I thought it was a load. I thought it was a load of white supremacists attacking a black man, not a load of white people attacking a black man for allegedly being a white supremacist. Like what the F is up with America? I know you guys like to pump it to 11, but bloody hell, even the WWF, WWE is struggling to come up with more absurd plots than your political landscape. Then someone said the people who knocked his teeth out are the brown shirts in black shirts. This next comment says, why do people rise to this bait? You'd hurt Trump supporters more by letting them talk. This is what fascists have been doing since World War II, baiting opponents, it's bait, blah, 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 blah. The reason I highlight this, the top comment, brown shirts. They're referring to the man who got punched as the Nazi brown shirts. It was called the SA. I'm not super into World War II, so I can't give you the full breakdown. 
But my general understanding from a cursory Google search is that they were a paramilitary wing of the Nazi party. Kind of like Antifa was the paramilitary wing of the of the German Communist Party. There is no paramilitary wing of the Republican Party right now. There are right wing militias. They're not aligned with the Republicans. You have anti-government militias and groups like, you know, Boogaloo Boys. They are not aligned with Trump or the Republicans or conservatism, mostly libertarian anti-government on the left. You actively have Antifa going out and doing what the Democrats want, even though it's kind of hurting them. And I, I say that they're doing what they want because the Democrats and, 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 and uh, other people, uh, the politicians, the DAs, for instance, are cutting them loose to let them continue doing their rampage. Now, I don't know exactly why, but when you have the likes of Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg actively helping Joe Biden by censoring news that would hurt him, I have to wonder why Antifa is coming out and attacking a black man challenging that. That's the level of authoritarianism that I fear that we are walking into. And then when you see these comments, first of all, I'll point out this story is not in the rising or hot section of news on Reddit. It's in the controversial section, meaning people are trying to get rid of it, voting it down so people can't see it. And the top comment is trying to insinuate that a black man demanding his rights to speak freely is a Nazi brown shirt paramilitary member of of the Trump party or whatever. There was another comment I highlighted before. It was talking about the Proud Boys. And this person actually insinuated that the Proud Boys, they straight up said, the Proud Boys would be used by Trump to to carry out a night of long knives like the Nazis did. You know what's funny about this and why I highlight all this stuff? Keith Elberman, they're maggots who must be removed. Robert Reich, name them all. Start a commission. (laughs) This is insane. Absolutely insane. Not only that, I don't think these people actually know what the light of the night of long knives was. It was Trump purging his own uh, Trump. You see, you see, Freud. uh, uh, Yeah, no, it was Hitler. You see, it was Hitler purging his own uh, supporters, essentially, who wanted more power. In World War II Germany, before World War II, in the rise of the Nazi party, the SA was supporting, the brown shirts were supporting Hitler. When he came into power, they wanted more power. And so his supporters went out and purged the brown shirts. That's what the Night of Long Knives was. That would be to imply that the Proud Boys would go and take out the Proud Boys? Doesn't seem to make any sense. I'm getting worried by all of this, because while we're seeing... You know, an escalation of violence. Social media is manipulating people into believing falsehoods. Like, I can stress it again. On Reddit, what's acceptable speech is that Trump supporters or a a black man demanding his rights is the brown shirt. Keith Alberman can straight up say, remove the maggots with no problem. And Robert Wright can tweet, we need a council. And the guy who held the rally is banned. I I highlighted this in uh, my previous segment, but it, it bears repeating from Glenn Greenwald. Facebook and Twitter cross a line far more dangerous than what they censor. Just weeks before the election, the tech giants unite to block access to incriminating reporting about their preferred candidate. He goes on to say, the New York Post is one of the country's oldest and largest newspapers founded in 1801 by Alexander Hamilton. Only three U.S. newspapers are more widely circulated. 
Ever since it was purchased in 1976 by Rupert Murdoch, it has been known, like most Murdoch-owned papers, for right-wing tabloid sensationalism, albeit one that some uh, one that has some real reporters and editors and is capable of reliable journalism. On Wednesday, this was heavily, heavily censored. And we know about all this story. The post-typing of the, of the story as some cataclysmic bombshell was overblown. While these emails, if authenticated, provide some new details and corroboration, the broad outlines of the story have long been known. Hunter was paid a very large monthly sum by Barisma, blah, blah, blah. This story's from four days ago. So I think Glenn is missing the later context of evidence that Joe Biden was receiving equity in his son's name. I'm just highlighting this to show you the severity of the authoritarianism to rehighlight this. And there's more from the New York Post. Die in a fire. Twitter employees reveal deep hatred for Trump from a couple days ago. Add all of these things together. And then I will drop in a tiny touch of New York Police Department Chief of Patrol abruptly retires over mayor's micromanaging undermining sources. Okay, I'm just going to say it. The authoritarians have found the way in. It's to accuse their enemy of being the authoritarians to project everything they do. It's an Alinsky tactic. Accuse your enemy that of which you are doing. And it works. Regular people believe the, the lies. But let me tell you what's happening. Across the country, police are retiring in historical numbers. In Seattle, 100 and I think it's 118, maybe more, retired in a historic exodus. New York police chief of patrol abruptly retires. Why? They're being defunded and demoralized. Our law enforcement structure is being corrupted. At the same time, you have Democrats actively allowing riots to sweep across the country, demoralizing police. The DA, for instance, they're Democrats. You have pundits calling for uh, the removal of maggots and uh, councils while their allies in industry are actively censoring and shutting down anybody who would oppose them. The Proud Boys banned from everything. Enrique Tario, the chair, he can't use Uber, Lyft. He's been banned from dozens of bank accounts. They are separating him. They are carving everything out. They are removing these people from society as they've deemed. I can only see one outcome from this. War. I know. A lot of people, oh, Tim, talking about civil war and all that stuff. Listen, if they're calling for, for maggots to be removed, do you think regular people are just going to sit back and be like, oh, oh I'm, I, I guess I'll be removed? When they banned the Proud Boys from every banking institution, do you think there's, the Proud Boys are just like, well, I guess I'll stop living. Where are they going to go? What are they going to do? They're alive. They have to do something. Conflict. But I'll tell you what I think happens first. The first thing that happens is parallel economies, which I've talked about a lot and, and, and a bit more in, in the past year or so. A parallel economy means that when these banks ban right wing individuals still requiring services, they will create their own system. For instance, Parler, the Twitter. Parler functions much like Twitter, and it's loaded with people who have been banned or censored from other platforms, creating a right wing echo chamber. Twitter is still mostly a left-wing echo chamber because they're allowed to get away with whatever, whatever they want and call for violence and other insane things. But on Parler, you, you do have some restrictions. The point is, the left will be in their Twitter chamber and the right will be in their Parler chamber. That's where we're headed. Banks will start banning certain individuals. So they'll create their own banking infrastructure, start using crypto or Bitcoin. You will completely sever any ties between the two factions, meaning they have their own supply chains and no longer rely on each other for trade. This is where the conflict erupts. No longer requiring 
anything from the other side. There's no there's no need to keep tensions down. I remember watching an episode of uh, I'll call it BS by Penn and Teller. And Penn Jillette said one of the things that ended the, the conflict between the French and the, and, and the English was trade. They realized they would get rich by working with each other. And then it kind of made them not want to fight because they had money to be made. And that's been a big tactic of many international corporations for a long time and politicians. They want more trade between other countries to reduce the possibility of conflict. I understand that idea. But what they're doing now is they're actively removing the right from society. They're banning them from social media, from banking institutions, from ride sharing apps. What happens if you have, uh, let's, say you have let's, let's say you have a Tesla, right? So let's, that car has internal software. What if Tesla bans you and you can't use the, your account anymore? Does your car just brick and you can't drive it again? What about the software on your iPhone? What if Apple bans you? We're headed in that direction. What I see coming and what scares me is that when they ban people, these people don't cease to exist. They keep doing their thing. They keep working. But they're going to create their own universe. Then you're going to have two universes that hate each other. And where does that lead to? My bigger fear is that if Joe Biden wins, these people mean it, man. They have been telling us exactly what they want to do the entire time. What do you think will happen when they get their uh, truth and reconciliation councils? What do you think they're going to do? Do you think people will just say, well, you know, I, I was wrong. They're going to accuse you of being a liar and a collaborator and a fascist. And what do you think they do with fascists? Well, what have they been saying they want to do with fascists that they view as maggots? These people are insane. They do not represent the most of this country, but they represent too many people and they are insane. Keith Olbermann, look, I'm going to say this. Keith Olbermann has crossed a line. I'm no fan of hate speech. So I'll tell you what, I don't know where that line is and in, in to, to which we actually censor people, shut them down other than directly calling for violence. And they haven't done that. If somebody wants to claim someone else is a maggot and we need counsel or whatever, then so be it. But as long as everyone knows it, that's the important point. I'll put it this way. What if we didn't hear Keith Elberman say this, but he believed it? What if we didn't hear Robert Reich say this and he believed it? Then we would be caught off guard. So the free speech works and I can bring you this segment. Please share this kind of content, whether it's me or someone else to let them know what they're talking about doing. The next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is my main channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see CNN legal analyst and writer for New Yorker, Jeffrey Tubin. He is an anti-Trumper kind of guy. Wrote a book about Trump uh, lies and investigations, whatever. I don't care about all that right now because the dude's being <laughs> suspended for exposing himself during a Zoom call with colleagues. And I'm seeing some people say that the dude's a degenerate and that he, they think he did it on purpose. But that's the story. Thanks for hanging out. No, no, I got more for you. I got more for you. There, it, it's been a bad day for the for the anti-Trump people. And I'm going to show you some real struggles from the from the people who want to do the right thing. But let me just read you the story for, first because it's a bad day to be a CNN legal analyst and never Trumper. New Yorker suspends Jeffrey Tubin after a Zoom incident. They don't want to just say it in the title. He exposed himself to his colleagues. In a statement, the magazine said it was investigating a matter involving the author and CNN legal analyst. The New Yorker said Monday it suspended the staff writer Jeffrey Tubin and was investigating an incident in which he reportedly exposed himself during a Zoom call among, among employees of the magazine. 
Does this count as a race at the clock? I'm not entirely sure, but you know. I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera, Mr. Tubin said in a statement to Vice, which reported the incident and the magazine's investigation. I apologize to my wife, family, friends, and coworkers. I believed I was not visible on Zoom, Mr. Tubin added. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video. Mr. Tubin could not be immediately reached for uh, reached on Monday afternoon. So uh, long story short, he whipped out his dong in, 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 a, in, a, in a work meeting. A spokeswoman for The New Yorker, where Tubin has worked for more than 25 years, said in a statement that Tubin has been suspended while we investigate the matter. The spokeswoman did not elaborate. Now, I, I think it's appropriate. Look, I see some people saying, let's be a little bit more forgiving. Come on. Everybody has their silly Zoom. They don't realize the camera's on, and you know, and you whip out your dong or whatever. Let's be a little bit more forgiving, I guess. I don't know. I think they're doing the right thing. They should try and figure out if he did it on purpose and he's just, you know, he was trying to, you know, expose himself. Mr. Tubin is also a senior legal analyst for CNN. The network told Vice in a statement that Mr. Tubin has asked for some time off while he deals with a personal issue, which we have granted. Mr. Tubin is the author of nine books, including The Oath, The Obama White House and the Supreme Court. The Nine, Inside the Secret World of the Supreme Court, too close to call. He, he, he wrote some book recently. Here we go. His latest book, True Crimes and Misdemeanors, The Investigation of Donald Trump, Doubleday, which published the book, did not immediately respond to an inquiry about Mr. Tubin. I think this is really, really dumb, to be honest. I, it's funny, you know, guy on CNN calling Trump racist, and then he gives a meeting and he whips it out, and you know, and now he's losing his job. I think it's kind of dumb, though, because, come on, it's not like this dude's some kind of, like, you know, deviant predator roaming the streets over this incident. I really don't think he intentionally was trying to, you know, expose himself to his colleagues. But I do got to question his judgment. I mean, calling Trump a racist, sure, I'll question his judgment on that. But no, like, why would you ever have a live active video conference call and decide to take your pants off? Are you nuts? Well, you know what? Maybe the dude doesn't deserve to get fired. So here he is. Is his Twitter account. Staff writer for The New Yorker, blah, blah, blah. Here's his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not been a good day for the uh, never Trumpers. Because we also, we got, I, I got this story. I got one more story I want to show you. Selena Gomez, kidney donor, Francia Risa, says she almost crashed after she was boxed in by Trump supporters on the freeway in Southern California. There's a current uh, a viral trend among people who don't like the president to film themselves in their cars screaming and crying. What is wrong with these people, dude? I'm really worried about the future. Gen Z seems to be messed up. I'm sorry, Gen Z. I got to say it. I thought millennials were bad, but Gen Z has a whole bunch of these really cringy, like social media personalities who are really soft. Not all Gen Z, but too many of them, huh? Actress Francia Risa said her life was threatened by supporters of President Donald Trump amid their caravan on the 405 freeway Sunday as the president touched down in Southern California for a fundraiser. The actress, 32, was very upset as she took to Instagram stories saying she was in fear for her life. After a fleet of vehicles with pro-Trump signs boxed her in as she was driving on the 405 freeway. Oh, please, dude. It was a truck. Oh, oh, no, there's Trump supporters everywhere. What's going to happen? Nothing happened. Literally nothing happened. And she's crying about it on camera. I was just on the 405 freeway, the 405, and I got stuck in that stupid Trump rally and they effing boxed me in and they're pointing at me and laughing at me saying, ha ha. And I literally and literally I almost crashed because they wouldn't let me out. Dude, I, I just got I just got to tell you, man, 
Please do not make Instagram videos or TikTok videos of you crying while you're driving your car. Riza, who's been in Gronish, said that her efforts to distance herself from the hazardous situation for naught, as she was surrounded by antagonists. I was trying to go around it, and they were all stopping and going. They boxed me in on the effing freeway, said the actress, who's also, I don't care what she's been. All I wanted to do was go around, and they were just being so violent. <laughs> I could have crashed. I could have effing crashed. It was so dangerous. Oh, man, just calm down. She made headlines three years ago. She, did, she donated a kidney to confidant Selena Gomez. Hey, man, mad respect for that, for sure. And she believed the actions of the other motorists were racially motivated over Mexican-American heritage as they were yelling racist obscenities. Oh, please, dude. I do not believe any of this. That was so effing dangerous, pointing at me and laughing at a Mexican. Oh, God, that was really. Uh, you know what? No, I think she just got stuck. She couldn't get around him and she got really angry. And it's really simple. You know, what you do. It's, it's, I'll tell you, you know what you do? You, you lightly press your brakes and you know what happens? The people behind you go around and then you wait and you take your exit. If you're being boxed in by a parade, you tap the brakes. It's that simple. It, it, and, and then you can just wait for them to go around you. Tap the brakes. They'll slow down and they'll go around you. While these people are freaking out, two men's losing his job, this lady's crying. Let me show you what, 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 what it's like if you actually try to do the right thing. Kim Kardashian says people warned her not to step foot in the White House because her reputation would be ruined as she stands by working with Trump on prison reform and refuses to say who she'll vote for. She's going to vote for Trump. They want to cancel anybody, anybody. They will lie. They will cheat. They will steal. So this lady is on the highway and she's crying. Dude whips his dong out, gets suspended. That's nothing compared to what happens. When I got invited to the White House for the social media summit, I thought it was going to be like a sit down conversation and I was going to be able to say to Trump, here's what you need to do. And it was going to be, nah, it was a Trump rally. It was, it was kind of dumb. And all of a sudden I found, uh, found myself being inundated by smears in the media simply for posting I had been invited. They were lying about me, publishing unsourced BS and the activists were going nuts and they were eating it up simply for being invited. If you want to do the right thing and it has anything to do with the White House, they will try to destroy you. And Kim Kardashian knew that. The 39-year-old was grilled by David Letterman about working with Trump for the first episode of his Netflix series, My Guest. My next guest needs no introduction. That will air on Wednesday. In the wide-ranging interview, Kardashian refused to say anything negative about Trump, even as Letterman repeatedly questioned her on politics. The mother of four said it was worth going against the advice of family and friends to work with Trump on criminal justice reform. Her advocacy pushed Trump to commute the life sentence of Alice Johnson, who had spent more than two decades serving life without parole for a nonviolent drug offense. And Trump did it. Bravo, Trump. You see, that wouldn't have happened without Kim Kardashian if she did not intervene. These people are obstructing on purpose. It resulted in her meeting uh, Trump in the Oval Office in a widely publicized visit back in 2018. Trust me, everyone called me and said, don't you dare step foot in that White House or your reputation is done. And I said, I have to step foot in there or these people's lives don't have a chance, Kardashian told Letterman in the yet to air interview, according to the Daily Beast. Hopefully for the next multiple administrations, I'll be working with the White House, helping them with clemencies. Kardashian would not acknowledge any of Trump's unacceptable behavior after Letterman said, but see, your good work is overwhelming. It's a positive force that diminishes what I consider to be unacceptable behavior by the president. What? What behavior? What's your behavior? Can you tell me? probably can't. I mean, I can. 
Yeah, I, I've criticized Trump. Uh, I've criticized Trump and, and, you know, his the people in his periphery a bit. Unacceptable behavior. I don't know. Questionable behavior that should be criticized. These people just gobble up fake news all day and then never see the corrections. He continued, but do you feel that what is being done on behalf of sentencing reform now via the current administration in any way allows the balance of democracy back in a corridor or viability? (laughs) Come on, dude. The TV star who is currently studying to become a lawyer in California has made subsequent visits to the White House. Went on to say, well, I have no idea what you just said. Right. I mean, what was David? Look at this. Do you feel that what is being done on behalf of sentencing reform now via this current administration in any way allows the balance of democracy back in a corridor of viability. He didn't say anything. That's what you get from these people. I'm grateful for what you're doing, but it doesn't make me feel any better about the current administration, Letterman said, prompting Kardashian to say, I understand that. Despite being repeatedly grilled on a relationship with Trump, Kardashian would only say that she's extremely grateful for the work of the Trump administration regarding criminal justice reform. She added that she was determined to stay focused on her goals. Elsewhere in the interview, Kardashian refused to say who she is voting for. I know who I'm voting for, she said, without elaborating further. That means Trump. Because why would anyone hide if they were voting for Biden? In fact, most people just lie and say they're voting for Biden. So she's voting for Trump. And I bet a lot. I bet the Kardashians are going to vote for Trump. I mean, especially after, uh, you know, what Trump has done. When you break the break the mold, when you break through the, 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 the facade, and you see what Trump is actually doing. Yeah, you're not that bad. You know, he's got some problems. I uh, uh, give me any other candidate that's viable and I'd consider it. You know, I was supporting Yang and Tulsi, even though I think both have, you know, really bad policies in certain areas. But uh, the Democrats don't want to do that. The Democrats put up Biden and then they're shocked that someone like Tim Poole would say, I'm going to vote for Trump, I guess. I'm not the only one who said it. Remember when Joe Rogan said he'd rather vote for Trump than Biden? He said voting for Biden is like taking a flashlight with dying batteries on for a long hike. Not going to work out. I'm the only one who feels this way. You gave me Tulsi Gabbard, and I disagree with her on nuclear nuclear energy and some and, and gun control. Well, now, and but so when I was you know supporting her, it was well before the riots and everything. But uh, I would have taken on a foreign policy. Well, Trump gave me that foreign policy. All right, whatever. I'm not taking Biden. Y'all are nuts. Anyway, long story short, wrap, wrap this up. It was just a. This is just kind of like I thought it'd be interesting to take these three shorter stories and put them together. This you know, especially considering this guy exposed himself on camera. <laughs> Whatever, man. Okay, I'm done. I got a couple more segments in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. You know, I, I just love the media. I love it. Okay. Donald Trump at a rally apparently said, if Biden is elected, he will listen to the scientists. And now all these lefties are all hooting and hollering and clucking like turkeys and high fiving, high fiving each other. Yeah, Trump's so dumb. Do you know how stupid he is? He would listen to scientists like Joe Biden. He's supposed to. These people are so dumb for two reasons. What Trump was saying is that the scientists are saying lock things down because of the infections and experts, political, economic, whatever, are saying you might actually see more death with an economic lockdown. In fact, the World Health Organization and the UN, I believe, have have scientists now who have actually recommended against it. What Trump was pointing out is that if a scientist came and said lockdown or you'll get more infections, he has to talk about more than that. So these morons all start laughing at how smart they are. I'm so smart. Trump thinks he's, you know, he shouldn't listen to scientists. Right. Trump should consider the advice from every sector. Otherwise, you could have depression, suicide, riots. You get it? But here's the best part. Here's the other reason. Andrew Cuomo. Americans can't trust the FDA and the CDC on a vaccine. Are you kidding me? It is not an exaggeration to say that Andrew Cuomo has gone full anti-vaxxer. And where's the media to call him out? Nowhere. 
well, uh, you know, Trump won't listen to the scientists and Biden will. Andrew Cuomo won't listen to the scientists. The CDC is not Trump's CDC. It's the CDC. The FDA is the FDA. But because Trump is president, you you actually have Democrats saying not to trust the I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just this is nuts. So which is it, YouTube? Do I get banned now for saying not to listen to Cuomo? Is are you going to ban this stuff? Come on. I'm telling you to listen to the doctors, listen to the scientists, listen to the CDC. He's saying, listen, anti-vaxxers aren't raving lunatics for the most part who go around like you see in these memes screaming these stupid, ridiculous nonsense. Anti-vaxxers typically say something like, I don't trust the pharmaceutical companies. I don't trust the FDA. I don't trust crony corporate capitalism. That's what they're saying. That's like the common anti-vaxxer thing. And I say, I don't, I, I get it, you know, especially having a company rush out a vaccine. But if the FDA tests it and it's fine, then what are we supposed to do? If the CDC tests it and it's fine, I think it's crazy that Andrew Cuomo is doing this, to be completely honest. Now, to be fair, my opinion on the vaccine is I'm not going to rush out the door and get it, but I probably will at some point. That's, I don't think, could you, like, look, the likelihood that they release a vaccine and then everyone turns into a zombie or something is like zero. It, it, it's at zero. No, it's not going to happen. Okay. But there have been disasters, there have been accidents, and there can be mishaps. These things can happen. But I just think that they are, look, a lot of people are saying that they're going too fast. That's kind of the idea. They're going too fast. There's no way they get a vaccine done. It takes years. Yes, it takes years under normal circumstances. But if Trump removes certain regulations, allowing them to speed through this, which he's done, then it stands to reason they actually could get a vaccine done soon. There's still the question of long-term effects, which is why, you know, I'm not running out the door full speed to get it. But I'm not going to pretend like the FDA and the C- CDC are, 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 you know, these evil Trumpian organizations that are lying to me. That's ridiculous. These people have, look, here's what they say. National Review reports, perhaps Democrats' deep-rooted distrust of Trump was destined to spread to every part of the executive branch. This morning, in an interview with George Stephanopoulos of ABC News, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo contended that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and CDC cannot be trusted in their assessment of the coronavirus vaccine, and that he will only trust the assessment of his own state-level agencies. Stephanopoulos says, how confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? Cuomo said, well, first, how confident am I? I'm not that confident, but my opinion doesn't matter. I don't believe the American people are that confident. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine. It was new. It was done quickly, but trust this, this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe. Uh, and, um, and we're not a hundred percent sure of the consequences. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking a vac- the vaccine and they should be. Stephanopoulos said, so what's it going to take to convince you that it's safe, that it's effective, that it should be distributed? Cuomo said, well, what I'm going to do in New York is we're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. And if they say it's safe, then I'll go with people of New York and I will, I will go to the people of New York and I will say it's safe with that credibility. But I believe it's across, I believe all across the country, you're going to need someone other than this FDA and CDC saying it's safe. What did Trump do to the FDA or CDC? Did he fire literally everybody and install brand new people? No. I mean, there there have been shakeups for sure, but the CDC has what, like 1,100 people? They're the same people. And they didn't just come out and be like, all of a sudden now we're pro-Trump and going to lie for him. Stephanopoulos says, and that means we're going to need a change in the White House. Is that what you're saying? 
Cuomo says, look, I personally hope for a change in the White House, but put that, but put that aside. If this administration continued, the CDC, George and the FDA doesn't have any credibility. You have Dr. Fauci now saying they basically tried to muzzle him. He has the highest credibility in the nation on the issue. And then not only, and that's ridiculous too, because Fauci recently said, yeah, I was wrong about the mask thing. And, you know, Fauci said you shouldn't wear masks early on. And now he's saying you should wear masks. And he was wrong. He was. Fauci just says whatever the news says two days later. He says, and then not only is the vaccine safe, this administration is learning nothing from the past. What they're saying is the day we get the vaccine, that's when it ends. That's not true. The day we get the vaccine, we then have to prove to the American people that it's safe. We then have to administer millions of doses. And that is the massive undertaking that this administration hasn't even talked about. And it's going to take months if it's not done right. It's going to be a debacle like back in January and February when we made so many mistakes. The Democrats are hoping you have a bad memory. Because back in January and February, the Democrats attacked Trump for his policies on COVID. And Dr. Fauci in March said he did the best possible job and he couldn't imagine anyone doing better. Was Fauci wrong about that? Sure, fine, maybe, I guess. But at the time, everybody was saying Trump was doing it right. So who is this guy Cuomo now to say back in January and February when there were so many mistakes? I'm sick of it. All they're doing is manipulating you into thinking that Trump did something wrong simply because we didn't know what was happening. Now, take a look at this. Trump, Biden will listen to the scientists if elected. This is such ridiculous BS. President Trump mockingly warned at his rally in Nevada late Sunday that Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden would listen to the scientists if elected and there would be more lockdowns to curb the spread of coronavirus. Trump told attendees in Carson City that supporters of his opponent would surrender their future to the virus, saying he's going to want to lock down. He'll listen to the scientists, Trump added in a mocking tone. If I listen totally to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression. Instead, we're like a rocket ship. Take a look at those numbers. Yes, Trump is correct. I think it's funny the left doesn't understand what economy means. They, 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 these people think that you eat money. They think economy means money. They don't understand it means resource distribution. It literally comes from the Greek oikonomia, meaning household management. The Democrats and these leftists just think it means getting cash. No, it's, it's a way to allocate and distribute food, medical supplies, housing, just general resources. If Trump only listened to the scientists who don't understand anything about economics, I mean, a, a cursory knowledge, probably like same as you or me, they're not experts on it, then yeah, we'd be in serious trouble. And so I ask this, if Trump just listened to the scientists, how many people would be dead? Well, are, they, are we going to talk about suicides? Are we going to talk about starvation, homelessness, illness, these things? People, I, I, I mean, outside of COVID, people can get COVID for sure. But then what if, they, I don't know, they fall down and they crack their hip and they have no means to get to a hospital, they don't have a phone, whatever. Economic depression. What if it leads to riots? Which it probably did. It probably did. Keeping everyone locked down led to riots. Now we've got the World Health Organization and the UN saying they do not recommend lockdowns anymore. And we've got to do something else. It won't work anymore. We can't do it. They tried it. 15 days to slow the spread became 200 plus. Listen to the scientists. So yes, in some regards, you need to. And what they're doing here is they're manipulating you. Trump isn't saying that he's going to ignore the advice of scientists. What Trump is saying is that he's going to consider the advice of other people as well. It is not the job of scientists to tell you what will make sure people are living to the best of their abilities and have the highest standard. 
Scientists can tell you if you do this, you will get this infection rate. Great. So if we do a lockdown, we can reduce the amount of people who die. And if we don't do a lockdown, it'll be higher. But if we do an extended lockdown, then we'll see suicides. And what will then happen is that with a depression, you will get way more death. A depression would lead to way more people dying for a variety of reasons than COVID would. And that's the problem. No matter what Trump does, they're going to claim it was the wrong thing because people died for this reason. If Trump never locked down, they'd blame him for every COVID death. Now that he locked down, they still blame him for every COVID death. And they ignore the fact that his stance on this is an attempt to be balanced and be appropriate. So the Biden came out, obviously jumps out and says, Trump crashed the economy and blah, blah, blah. Gretchen Whitmer recently said, if you're tired of lockdowns and wearing masks, you got to vote out Donald Trump. And then a lot of people were like, uh, wait a minute, you locked things down. If I'm tired of lockdowns, I'll get rid of you. You're the one who did it. So what is what, what did Trump do if you're the one who locked it down? It's really funny, isn't it? It says to me, they're not being honest at all. And what they're really doing is they're just trying to gain political power. I'm sick of it. I think it's true of Trump, too. You know, Trump wants power. Trump says and does things to get elected. But at least what Trump says and does has been beneficial to us in terms of foreign policy and in terms of the economy. I have no idea what the Democrats want to do other than impeach Trump. And it's pathetic. And I'm so sick of it. But I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Well, the third debate is going to be a disaster. This uh, Kristen Welker woman has deep ties to the Democratic Party, and now they have unilaterally changed the subject matter of the third debate, at least so says the Trump campaign. What they say was supposed to be a foreign policy debate has now become a general, you know, families in America and race and things like that. And uh, Trump didn't have it. The Trump campaign has issued a letter to the Biden Debate Commission, they say, about the change. If a lot of people are saying the change is the result of the of the Hunter Biden email stories, because guess what? This is going to come up in a foreign policy discussion. Joe Biden has to contend with Libya, the failures of Afghanistan and Iraq, and now his own son in China and Ukraine. So sure enough, the debate commission changes what it's all about. Well, here's the statement from the Trump campaign. They say we write with great concern over the announced topics for what was always billed as the foreign policy debate. In the series of events agreed to by both the Trump campaign and Biden campaign many months ago, the topics announced by moderator Kristen Welker, fighting COVID, American families, race in America, climate change, national security and leadership are serious and worthy of discussion. But only a few of them even touch on foreign policy. Indeed, almost all of them were discussed at length during the first debate won by President Trump over moderator Chris Wallace and candidate Joe Biden as the longstanding custom. And, has, uh, and as has be, had been promised by the Commission on Presidential Debates, we'd expected that foreign policy would be the central focus of the October 22nd debate. We urge you to recalibrate the topics and return to subjects which had already been confirmed. We understand that Joe Biden is desperate to avoid conversations about his own foreign policy record, especially since President Trump has secured historic peace agreements among Israel, the UAE and Bahrain. We recall that Biden's former Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, maintains that Biden has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the last four decades. Biden has supported endless wars and given aid and comfort to our adversaries, including Iran, which was delivered pallets loaded with mountains of cash, just as four Americans were released from cap captivity in Tehran. Biden also has advanced the interest of China over his 47 years as a Washington politician. 
putting their concerns ahead of those American workers. New information recently revealed indicates that Biden himself was mentioned as a financial beneficiary of a deal arranged by his son Hunter and a communist Chinese related energy company. If a major party candidate for president of the U.S. is compromised by the Communist Party of China, this is something Americans deserve to hear about. But it is not surprising that Biden, the, the Biden would want to avoid it. It is something irresponsible for the commission to alter. And the focus of this final debate just days before the event solely to insulate Biden from his own history. Sadly, it's not the first time the commission has ceded to the wishes of the Biden campaign. Despite the obvious fact that millions of Americans began casting votes early this year, the commission steadfastly refused to move the debate schedule earlier or add another event simply because the Biden campaign objected. In this example, the commission hid behind Biden's unwillingness to be flexible at the schedule, but has not hesitated to act unilaterally in other cases. It's the most egregious example. The abrupt decision to switch the scheduled second debate to October 15th in Miami to a virtual setting was done without consultation with our campaign at all. Though the supposed reason for the change was was public safety because of the coronavirus, the decision was made before President Trump's medical condition became apparent and well before the president was medically cleared as having tested negative for the virus. Proof of the illogic of the commission's decision is the fact this action resulted in both Biden and Trump holding their own separate in-person events on the same night. If the commission's action was intended to prevent one in-person event, creating two such events as a result revealed the pointlessness of the decision. The commission's pro-Biden antics have turned the entire debate season into a fiasco, and it is little wonder why the, why the public has lost faith in its objectivity. The moderator for the first debate styled himself as a third combatant on a stage, with almost all of his venom directed at President Trump. The moderator of the second debate, direct, uh, 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 which was canceled, revealed his anti-Trump bias by accidentally tweeting what was intended to be a direct message to a well-known Trump critic, and then lying that his Twitter account had been hacked. Incredibly, the commission has yet to retract its public statement of support for the moderator's bogus hacking cover story, which resulted in the moderator's indefinite suspension from his place of employment. Finally, the moderator of the third debate now has decided to pursue topics almost wholly unrelated to the purpose of the event, which was to be focused on foreign policy. It is our understanding from the media reports that you will soon be holding an internal meeting to discuss other possible rule changes, such as granting an unnamed person the ability to shut off a candidate's microphone. It is completely unacceptable for anyone to wield such power, and a decision to proceed with that change amounts to turning further editorial control of the debate over to the commission, which has already demonstrated its partiality to Biden. This is reminiscent of the first debate in 2016, when the president's microphone was oscillated and is not acceptable. For the good of the campaign integrity and for the benefit of the American people, we urge you to rethink and reissue a set of topics for October 22nd's debate with an emphasis on foreign policy. This is what the campaigns had agreed to, and it is what the tradition in past and it is it has been the tradition tradition in past campaigns. We await your immediate reply to these concerns. We further advise you there is no reason to consult with the Biden campaign before applying because we all know what they think. Sincerely, Bill Stepien, Donald J. Trump, or President Campaign Manager. I think it's fair to say the debates are biased for Biden. And I tell you it's really simple. Are they going to ask Biden any questions about his son? foreign policy. Uh, how about the fact that Obama was deporter in chief? Black Lives Matter started under Obama. The policies under Obama led to these 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 riots. No, they don't. Chris Wallace yelled at Trump. They unilaterally changed the rules. And then Donald Trump canceled. And Savannah Guthrie just yelled at Trump for nearly 20 minutes. 
before anything was opened up to the actual voters. It is a scam. It's a scam. What do I mean by that? I'm saying that they're favoring Biden. Of course they are. And now, I mean, how many debates have we had? Two. How many debates should there have been? How many debates were there last time? This is a, this is a ridiculously small amount of debates. Of, of debates. I believe there may have, how many were there with, with Hillary and Trump? Because I believe there were more than three. But we're only going to get two now? You couldn't do another debate? You could have done a debate yesterday, today, or whatever. Nah. Joe Biden called the lid until Thursday. He is sleeping in his basement, hiding from the press, because the Hunter Biden email story will end him, and they know it. That's why he's hiding, and that's why they're changing the rules of the debate. doesn't matter, though. Trump is planning on bringing it all up anyway. They can't do anything about it. Oh, they can change the rules. They can cut off his microphone. But every single time, Trump will just say, they'll say, Trump, how do you feel about health care? Joe Biden and his son profited off of his office. Cut him off. Cut him off. Don't let him speak. That would be epic. Imagine what the American people would think if while he was trying to say that, they kept cutting him off. That would be shocking. And I think they might because they're desperate. They can't cancel the debate. They need Trump to do so. They also can't let Trump go in front of 80 million people and tell them about this story and the censorship and the rule changes and the bias. I'm telling you right now, we got some data. It is going to be a massive election. Now, there's good news and there's bad news in this. The debates, I think, will play a role. Um, I think most people, a lot of people are already voting. Apparently now we're looking at like uh, uh, 20% of people have already voted relative to 2016, but we're going to see massive numbers. So Trump needs these debates for sure. And they can't stop him. Check this out. Florida voting tracker up 123% from 2016. Pennsylvania up 627% from 2016. Wisconsin up 375 percent from 2016. North Carolina up 237 percent from this time in 2016. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. Election night should be fun. I wonder if the American people can see through the manipulation of the debate commissions of the political parties. And I wonder if it will be enough. I'm not entirely convinced. I'm not. You know, I saw a funny post on Reddit. And it was someone saying, like, these Trumpers really live in alternative reality. Like, I turn on, I go, I go on YouTube and I see one of these videos and I can't understand how it's millions of views. So close to figuring it out. Dude, if you are seeing a video with millions of views, maybe you should watch it too. I watch CNN. I watch MSNBC. I read CNN. I read these biased pages to understand what they're talking about. And I will tell you this. The right knows the left is thinking. The left doesn't know what the right is thinking. The only way the Democrats are able to maintain any kind of polling advantage is to make sure that the people who are supporting them never see real news. And that's why you get stories like CNN claiming the, the laptop contained hacked emails, which it didn't. That was never part of the story. They just put out lies. It's why they changed the rules of the debates. They don't want you to know. If regular people actually saw what was really happening, they'd snap. They'd be like, no way, I'm not into this. And every story I've heard about walk away starts with someone saying, I started researching online. That's what they don't like. That's why they censor everybody. That's why they censor me. This channel you're watching right now, excuse me, is blacklisted. Yep. 
You can't search for it on Google. They're trying to make sure, in my opinion, that information like this doesn't get out. But I don't swear. I don't break the rules. I don't insult people. So it's really hard, right? What are they going to get me on? I'm sure they'll find something soon enough. But they've already removed my channels from Google. The censorship will get worse in these next few days. We are dangerously close to this election. And Trump might win. We'll just have to wait and see. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all next time.